Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. Stephanie Megan, you're listening to Broke Girl Therapy. Therapy is too expensive. You're listening to Broke Girl Therapy. 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 I think I really excited. When you get excited, yeah. When I get so especially with Danny. Danny just makes me like scream. Oh. I don't know what it is. Same. Same. Not in like that way, but you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> same, same. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We can even talk about uh, you know, Danny's like my he's like my astrologer boo, so yeah, he's now all of our uh, astro daddy is what we like to call astro him. Astro daddy, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get into it. Hey guys, it's me, Stephanie Megan, your host of Broco Therapy. And guess the fuck what? We have the most amazing and fabulous dating and relationship coach expert. Expert, keyword on the expert, because none of us are experts on the show, but she is. So this is amazing. Demona Hoffman. Hello. Hey, hey. I'm like, is anyone an expert? I don't know, but I've been doing this a long time, Stephanie. <laughs> I've been doing this over 15 years. So I guess I've earned it. <laughs> You've earned it. Yeah. So how did you get into this? And what made you really like just gravitate towards like helping other people and, you know, making this a career? Of course it was by accident. I don't think any dating experts are like, this is what this is what I studied in school and now I want to help people find love. Um, right. Which is funny because I feel like it's one of the most important decisions you'll ever make in your life. And yet, it's the one that most people leave to chance. And so I came into it leaving a lot of things to chance. I was working in television as a casting assistant and I found that there were really talented actors that just didn't know what to do to get in my office or to get to see my boss or to get get a part on our shows because mm. they didn't have the right headshots. They weren't marketing themselves effectively. So I used to teach classes uh -huh, yeah, in like, marketing yeah. <laughs> and audition techniques. And so you're, it's clicking for you that basically a headshot is a dating profile photo and a first date is an 100%. audition. A hundred percent. So... I figured that out and I applied what I was learning at work to my own dating experience. I ended up meeting my husband online many, many years ago. We've been married what, now 15 years. What app years. was it? Sweetheart, this is not even... <laughs> you know how like you're like, uh, people hadn't heard of Soul Swipe where you met Brian? Yes. People really haven't heard of Nerve.com. It was... Yeah, this is before apps. This is like a website... Yeah, it and, wasn't even you know, an app. I had, it was a website. Yeah. It was a website. So it was kind of like, um, it's funny because I call it the OkCupid of its day, but now I work with OkCupid as their official dating <laughs> coach. So everything is, I, girl, I manifested this. <laughs> it was all for come real. full circle. And initially I just started out writing dating profiles for people, but I found I was getting people on a lot of dates and they were doing the same things that were, was that had 
made them unsuccessful in dating before. So I started to work with people throughout the entire process. I became certified as a life coach and then specifically as a dating coach. And I really specialize in pre-date to pre-marriage. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. I need some more degrees, like for married couples. I'm like, nah. Right. That's like that's a whole like that's a that's a whole thing. <laughs> the cost just went up. Like the right. stakes are high. No, I'm kidding. It's the stakes are always high, but I I just really love. I I have seen how much I have changed. My life has done a complete 180 from before I met my husband, and I was really kind of a cynic about love, and mm. now I just feel like my life is full of so much possibility and I want to share that with other people. I love that because I, I love that you said that you were a cynic. Not that I love that you were a cynic, but like <laughs> like I was such a cynic. I think at one point we feel so helpless and we're just like, men ain't shit. You know what I mean? And just like, you're just like, yeah. there's no, like they're all so real. They only want sex. They don't even care about love. Like you just get so like negative, you know, towards that. But then like when you meet the right person and you heal yourself, it's like it, you realize, you know. Well, I will say the healing starts before you meet the person, right? Because, yeah. um, like, I started doing online dating, and I was in my early 20s. I was – that was not where pe people I thought like me were. <laughs> and my boss came to me at the time, and she was just so tired of seeing me, like, come in with bloodshot eyes from being up all night crying about another oh. actor, writer, musician, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. So L.A. Because how many times have right? we cried over a musician, an actor? Ugh. I went to his gig, and then who is this bitch here? Like, I didn't know about her. Why are we all at your gig, and we all think you're, we're your girlfriend? And suddenly so. I realized I'm just a groupie. Oh, my Anyways, God. Anyways, uh, I had been doing that thing for a little while and she was like I'm tired of the guys that you need to date you need to go online there's all these great guys and I was like no that's for weird people like yeah back in the day online dating was a weird thing to do and now it's it so normal yes it's true I mean we didn't even tell people that's how we met when we first met there but when I got there I realized oh this is a treasure trove of guys that really are better suited like it's better than meeting someone out at a bar or you know meeting an actor at work because at least the people there the barrier for entry was much higher than and so all the people there were either paying money or had gone like me to scan their photos to go on the website <laughs> uh, they put the effort <laughs> You had to put in the effort. So it was a really different experience then. But I had gotten clear. I was actually working with a coach. I was also doing feng shui um, with another coach. And I'd gotten really clear on what I was looking for. And I even named it. I called my dating plan Operation DNG, short for Operation Date Nice Guys. And all oh my, my friends God. at work are like, how's, how's Operation DNG going? Wait, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but I I got now I'm like that was a little bit vague but I really had gotten clear on what that would feel like and what that meant to me so that then when I met the guy who's now my husband I knew it felt different I knew right away this was not right. I was dating another guy casually at the same time I was like oh no 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 not that guy this guy I need to lock it down so right. there are still there are still people like I hear all the time now people are like oh the paradox of choice there's too many options swipe swipe right. swipe but there are still people who 
want relationships. We're also seeing this on OkCupid coming out of the pandemic. People are much more relationship focused. And it's just a matter of putting in a process so you don't go crazy while you're going through the the steps of finding love online or offline. All right, guys, let's be honest. Eating is too expensive, but we have to do it to survive. But in this economy, food and grocery shopping has really got super pricey. And that's why we all need to start budgeting our food expenses. But at the same time, we still want to eat great while on a budget. So save big and eat great with America's Best Value Meal Kit. Their meals are cheaper than your average fast casual meal. So ditch the takeout to save money while still enjoying fresh, satisfying meals. They're honestly the easiest way to eat affordably. Get every plate and take back your time this month with fewer trips to the grocery store and meals ready in six simple steps. Save even more time with the quick and easy recipes, including easy cleanup options and options ready in 30 minutes or less. They plan the meals and deliver pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, so you can spend less time meal prepping and more time on you. You have better things to do than worry about what's for dinner. Every plate provides plenty of delicious variety with 26 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week. So it's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying for every meal of the day. You can also customize recipes to your liking by swapping proteins and sides or adding a protein to a veggie dish. Plus, add even more delicious options to your order with over 25 convenient sides, breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. As a girl who's always on a budget and likes to eat good, every plate is yo girl. Honestly, it saves me so much time. I don't have to think too much about what I'm going to cook that day. And it's just always delicious. Like I always know it's going to be a great meal. And the best part is I'm not spending too much money on it. And I love that. Get a meal starting at just $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49 girl. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem the dollar stake. Again, that's everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49BrokeGirl. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, because back then, you like you said, there's so much effort that, like, gets put into, like, making a profile. But nowadays, it's so easy. And so what are some kind of, like, tips? Because because there are so many, like, people out there who are just looking for, like, instant gratification versus actually something long term. Like, what tips do you have for people to, you know, to present themselves, to market themselves in their casting profile to, to able to, you know – um, get the right ones, attract yeah. the right ones at least. I like the way you brought that back to casting. Yeah. <laughs> casting yourself in your love story. Yeah. Um, well, it all starts, first of all, with clarifying what you want. Because a lot of times people will say to me, it is so easy to start to just uh, be bored, you know, have a glass of wine with your girlfriends and then say, well, maybe I should try a dating app. And then you just throw a profile together. Right. And I know there are some people listening right now who are like, oh, she is giving me the read right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's been times where I just put up like the best selfies up there and like 
didn't even put that much like context in my profile because I was just like, oh, this is too hard. It's too much work. It is but I was work. always getting shitty guys. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's exactly my point. It is work. Um, it is effort. But in the end, you get back what you put into it. So this is why I begin with the mindfulness and the clarity so that you know how to devise the dating plan that's going to work for you. And if you feel like it's work, it's because like everything is kind of Work. everything's work today right yeah <laughs> we have so many micro decisions that we have to make so we get the benefit of our dating pl- pool being expanded like the fact that I have many clients that have met and married someone that lived in another country and that is possible because of online dating but all of that possibility does come with a process that needs to be put around it. So you mentioned context. I'll give you my three C's, and these are the must-haves in any dating profile. This is color, context, and character. Color, you see right now, I'm wearing a red shirt. I have a pink backdrop behind me. I have vibrant color. And you have to think of it from the point of view of not like this is me in my drunken state with my girlfriends throwing my five best selfies together this that is my me profile thinking... <laughs> look we all we've all done it we've all done yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. except for me because i had to i had to go to fedex kinko's to scan my yeah. photos <laughs> but but i've done it i've i've had a lot of clients that that right. was their experience i had a drink in my hands i always had a drink in my hand you know Totally. Totally. And so when you step back and you're like, okay, how do I want to tell my story? Uh, How do I, how am I going to appear to the people who are looking at the profile? Not just like, this is cute. I'm going to put this out here, but what am I saying? And so we think strategically, the color is the first step because as they're looking at a sea of little black dresses and like I promise you it's the same, it's the same like 10 pictures again and again and again. Anything that will make someone stop and pay attention is good. And that's what in that first primary photo we're trying to do because people are just swiping Mm -hmm. through. They might not even be getting to your cute fourth, fifth, sixth photo because they're not getting past that primary photo that's making them stop and go further. Right. So, and the color red studies have shown, Stephanie, I don't know if you've heard that men are attracted, they're more attracted to the color red than any other color. I think it's my, a biological conditioning. A hundred percent. My boyfriend loves the color red. Our curtains are red. And I've like, I'm like, we this needs to go. <laughs> See, I bet, I bet you were using the three C's and you didn't, <laughs> like, you didn't no. even realize it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's I'll silly. tell you like the backstory. There was a, a study, um, I think it was at the University of Ros- Rochester, and they were showing men photos of women, and they all had different color borders around them. So they had mm. red and green and blue, and then they had the men rate the women on attractiveness. And what the guys didn't realize is that as they're scanning through photo after photo after photo, similar to the way you would if you were swiping yeah. on an app, um, they were rating the same women. <laughs> Not like all the same picture, but they were rotating right. through the same women. They just had different color borders. And they rated the women wow. when their pictures had a red border as more attractive than they did when they had any other color. So that's a little hot tip for you. 
on the color. So guys, wear red in your your first profile picture. (laughs) But even, you know, if there's any fellas listening that are like, what about me? Color works also for women. It's just red hasn't been studied in the same way or any, you know, LGBTQ daters. It it, it, color works universally. That's why, you know, the pink selfie wall uh, at Paul Smith in West Hollywood is a landmark. It's a landmark because we figured out and I mean, even your your art on your your podcast, it stands out because of the, the initially the color. Yeah, and so and that was on purpose too, that's for sure. Strategic, strategic. See, I like your strategery. I love that. <laughs> so, so color and then context is the okay. second one, and that's like telling your story through your photos. And the third C is character. That's the one most people miss. This is like showing your personality. You don't have a problem with this, but like some <laughs> folks, you know, are a little shy about right. showing their. Their, their boldness, their quirkiness, their nerdiness, their whatever makes them unique. And that's usually the picture that will get someone to take action and message you. And it's not Instagram. We're not looking for likes. We're looking for engagement and action. I love that. That's like really powerful because I didn't follow any of those. I was just like, what do I look good in? And I think, you know, sometimes I would put little like funny remarks on like my profiles, but that was it, I, you know, but I just... I got to a point where it was just so like it was just so overbearing to be on it. Like I think that I remember feeling like times like it was it made me anxious to be on like those apps sometimes because it was just so much, you know. So what advice do you kind of give for those who like feel that way of just like the anxiety of dating and like just overwhelmed with not to be like, oh, my God, I have all these messages, but just even getting like two messages is a lot. You know what I mean? Like having to respond to people and talk to people like what advice do you have for those who are, you know, hate that kind of side of dating online? Yeah, it's funny because before the pandemic, all anyone ever wanted to talk about was dating burnout and like that panic and overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And then it was weird for a little while things, the narrative changed and people were like, I really want to connect. And as many people, you know, and because of virtual dating and we can talk about the, how virtual dating fits into it, but because of virtual dating, then people were stacking dates like three a night, you know? Right. And then after a while, then the burnout started to come back. So the the best advice that I can give is to have a plan. Like I was saying earlier, we we want to give folks the benefit of the doubt and we let so many people like clear our filter or we forget our boundaries because right. we're like, oh, but he's really cute. And <laughs> I like, yeah. oh, he has a picture in Italy and I want to go to Italy. So I'm going to swipe right. And it ultimately those are the kind of decisions that get you into overwhelm and the other thing is texting we got yeah i hate i hate texting i hate it so much like i'm just not a texter like i rather facetime i rather do a podcast like i rather just talk you know and so the texting part was very difficult for me and i think that's where like i used to fail a lot because i just I don't know. It was it was hard. So what what advice do you have, you know, just in that kind of realm of like how long should we be texting each other before we meet for a date? Like what what's the right way of doing not it? Not that long. Yeah, yeah, not that long. And you probably experience this too like when you 
are texting someone back and forth for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, you know, and then they're starting to send you good morning text and like, hey, babe, how's your day? And you're like, dude, I haven't even met you. Right. And, <laughs> and now we've we've almost bypassed the courtship phase and we're moving into a relationship and we haven't even done the basic get to know you. So right. there's something psychologists call the online disinhibition effect. A lot of times it's used in relation to, you know, like all those crappy comments that you get where you're like, I wish this person would just go away. <laughs> like right. trolls trolling on the internet. That's also applies when we're texting someone that we've met on a dating app and we don't really know them. And so our inhibition of like, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I shouldn't send that. Maybe I shouldn't post that mm -hmm. is lowered because they're just a person. They're just a name and a screen. And we'll send things, we'll be more intimate, we'll reveal things about ourselves that we never would say if we were face-to-face -face right. with that person. And it really erodes the evolution of the relationship. And then it also just, like, takes the air out of the conversation. Then if or when you finally meet, where's, where's the magic? Where's the spark? Because you talked about everything. I agree. I was always – actually, I was – I, maybe I did that right when I was dating because I would message them and then just kind of text here and there. But I just knew at one point I just knew that like I was just not good at this. I'd be like, OK, so I would kind of hint like when to take me out and stuff like that. So that like I, I needed to go on a date quickly. I didn't want to keep messaging and, you know, yeah. I have a question for you and how you handled that, because sometimes I'll. I'll give someone advice like on my podcast dates and mates. I'll say you need to like move it forward to the date mm -hmm. or cut it off. And sometimes people um, interpret it very literally and then it becomes kind of rude. Like <laughs> They're just like, so what's going on? Are we going out or not? So I'm curious <laughs> if you have language that you used to sort of nudge a date. Yeah. Um, I think I would just honestly, I'm trying to think back because this was pre-pandemic, but I do remember just being kind of forward, you know, like sometimes I would ask them, like I never, you know, or like if, and it wouldn't be like, let me take you on a date. It wasn't something formal. It was just like, oh, like we should like hang out sometime, like very like casual, like just, I would be really straight up, honestly. I think I uh, got to a point where I was so tired of just like trying to be like hinting that I was I was honest um so yeah that's what I did but sometimes I feel like I think I like rushed into dates just for the sake of having a date so that I'd always end up being on these first dates with guys I'm like why did I why am I here right now <laughs> you know but yeah and that's where the virtual date comes in and this is the one like one of the few things from the pandemic yeah. that I hope remains because for the longest time I've always had my clients. I, I like doing a phone call. It's kind of old fashioned and cute and right. Right. You get, you get enough information to say, should I see this person or should I not see this person? Yeah. And it still leaves a little bit of mystery. It's kind of escalating it slowly, but I feel like since the pandemic and everyone got really comfortable with video, um, I'm not sure how how many you'll be able to roll back to a phone call because then it almost feels like you've demoted them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But if we can incorporate the video 
date back in as sort of like a checkout, not like a substitute for the date, but as an in-between step, it would save you a lot of lipstick <laughs> and for a lot sure. of time, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I think it reduces is ghosting. It's not like when people ghost later down the road, but, you know, I was seeing a lot of, um, prior to the pandemic, I was seeing a lot of people getting stood up on dates, being ghosted, like being, being canceled on like an hour before it even happened. Mm. I'm, I'm, um, I'm on the Drew Barrymore show with her like official love expert. Shout out to Drew Barrymore. I Shout fucking love her. She's amazing. Yeah. I, I love working with her. But it, it even happened to her, Stephanie. Like What? She, to Drew Barrymore? Yeah. She was on a dating app. Um, not my dating app. She was on a dating app. And yeah, she had a guy cancel like right before the date and I was like who cancels on Drew Barrymore I think he was probably just like so nervous he, he probably, probably thought she be... was she was a catfish right <laughs> like, I was gonna yeah, say because I was like if I like booked a date with Drew Barrymore I'd be like is this real or if it is real like I'd be nervous but you know but wouldn't she just go to show up I would up just go just I would see? just go I would just go to show up and like send my location to my friends and be like Make sure, you know, that it's not a catfish and it actually is Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I'm not murdered by a Drew Barrymore lookalike. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Oh. So it's happening it happens to everyone, but I do find that doing that that screening step in between, whether it's a phone call, a video chat, some kind of a check in can help you know if this person is worth spending an hour with and that's another key element of my dating yes, program I, I agree but I actually have a friend who like is kind of not entirely for that she's not well I wouldn't say she's not she's just kind of uncertain because she feels like sometimes guys use it as a cheap way to not take them out on a date great I I agree and I think that's great because do yeah. you want to go out with that guy do you <laughs> Like, did That's you want to spend an hour with that guy? If you're going to look at me and judge me from my FaceTime now, and also kind of, I mean, it is your first impression. Right. So like, like kind of show up like you care. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. this is, this is the problem is that it got so casual and you forget that it's actually very intimate. You're inviting someone into your space. Mm -hmm. Everything that's in the background is part of their impression of you. So just try, but just be natural. Right. But if they if they blow you off after that, like I say, you know, rejection's your protection. <laughs> so exactly. Like you should. If, I, I agree. hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. But I do see that yeah. as like sometimes guys will, you know. But at the same time, I'm like as someone who, you know, I feel like as being in my 30s now, I look at it as like. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want them to, like, waste money and time on, you know what I mean? If I was a guy, if I didn't want to waste money and time with someone, like, I'm not going to do it, you know? So I'm going to be they there. They just saved it's, you money and time right. as well because if but you're going to be like that. <laughs> right. But I guess it maybe it looks, makes some people look cheap. I don't know. Like, is it a cheap thing? Is it a cheap way? I don't know. But here's what I have found. Uh and I've been doing this for a minute. I do find that women can grow into attraction. But mm -hmm. usually, like, if one of my male clients does not have an immediate physical connection, like, he's not at the end of the first date, like, huh. Mm -hmm. It's really it's really a lot harder, I find, for things to evolve from there. 
That's true. Because we do pro, we do tend to be like a little bit more open minded as women to be like, oh, like maybe if we just give him a chance and then it will grow, you know. But guys are kind of a little bit, it's a little harder, I think. They're very visual. Like they say, yeah. men fall in love with their eyes. Women fall in love between their ears. <laughs> so, That's so true. <laughs> where it's all up here for us. And there's so much that goes into feminine arousal. I know you talk about, you know, you talk about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's more than just the physical. So if, if a guy like takes a look at you and is like, mm, I don't know if I want to, take her out we're spending way too much time on first dates was the point I was about to make is like whoa 90 minutes tops is all you really need for meeting someone from online but um that investment shouldn't be that high (laughs) yeah yeah there was one time I was on a date for like probably 45 minutes max it was like I went and I just could tell like he was nervous or something. Something was really off and I just did not. I just was like, I lost all attraction. And he was nice. It wasn't like he was a dick. It was just like, I don't know. It was just really nerdy. And I think it just turned me off. I wasn't ready for that at that time. I wasn't ready for a nice guy. And so I remember I ate my crepe and I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I have to like go back home, you know? And he was like really hurt by that. Um, And I remember he kind of, it was like he kind of would keep like hitting me up afterwards and I would keep ghosting him. Like I wouldn't even respond and but he would still try. And yeah. And then one day I was like, I have a boyfriend, even though I, I didn't. But I was like, I have a boyfriend. But it was weird. I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't blame a guy for trying. But like if we could all just just like it sounds like you were being pretty direct with him. <laughs> so what I'm trying to encourage people to do is to date both with more clarity and like speaking a lot of these, the anxiety of dating comes from us not, not being authentic, not being upfront about what we're thinking and feeling, but also with coming from a perspective of empathy is what I hope we can mm-hmm. all adopt because it's become so transactional of just like, you know, I'm, I'm flipping through a catalog of men right. here. Yeah. If if you can kind of, uh, you know, I tell my clients to thank and release, kind of like Marie Kondo. Like, it, <laughs> if it's not your person, you thank them, but with with clarity and with empathy. Like, you know, I this crepe is great. <laughs> this has been a really interesting conversation. I don't feel like it's a love match for me. I don't feel <gasps> like I, yeah. I'm not feeling like the. I'm not feeling it's that this is a, a connection a, a good yeah. fit for us. Yeah, a connection. But thank you. Thank you for your time. Like thank you. And I really hope you find what you're looking for. And I, I feel find like that's like, so sometimes scary you can't though. Say it. That's so scary to say. It's like o- what it's only scary when you haven't done it, honestly. Cause most of the people, like people will say that to me, like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Cause we're yeah. not doing it. We're not being upfront <laughs> and authentic. And then as soon as you start doing it, you're like, oh, that feels a lot better. And then this guy isn't still texting me every morning, like holding out hope that we're actually going to see each other again. And most of the time, like, you are going to meet those assholes that are like, well, fuck you, bitch. Like, <laughs> Right. And that's, I think that's also, like, a scary thing, too, is, like, I don't want to ever hurt someone's feelings, let alone, like, I don't know how they're going to react because they're a stranger, 
you know? Sure. So there is this, like, fear. I think especially as a woman, you know, like, and I'm out here, like, at night with some guy. It's like sometimes there is there is fear. But um, obviously, yes, obviously read the situation. And right. I mean, you should only be meeting people that from dating apps in public places, like you said, send your location to your like that is that is just baseline. Like even <laughs> like yeah. I was doing that even when I was dating nice guys in Operation Date Nice Guys. <laughs> but that's baseline. You Like, you've got to take care of your safety first. And so yeah. if it doesn't feel authentic, it doesn't feel safe, it doesn't feel right to tell them in the moment, then text them when you get home. But, like, if you leave the door open, they'll keep pushing it open. Right. And I find that 90% of the guys, like, when I encourage clients to do this, they'll say wow, this guy said to me, thank you so much. I really appreciate knowing. It was good. It was it was nice knowing you. And I appreciate the clarity because they're not getting any clarity. And this is why we're so overwhelmed because we're keeping all of these threads That's open. That's true. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Like we're not being real with one another and we're not being respectful towards like people's time and like, you know, the clarity and all of that. So one time, let me tell you this really interesting date story. And I kind of want to know like your your take on it because <laughs> it, it's still kind of a mystery to me sometimes. Like how did this fall apart? So one time, this was like 2019 um, and I – was on, you know, I was, I was scrolling through, swiping through, and I matched up with this guy, and we had good like banta back and forth on the on the app, and so I was like, okay, let's let's hang out. So we decided to hang out that night, and we met up at a bar, and I just noticed like I was being myself, which is like very chatty, very like asking questions, like getting to know him. Like I've, you know, I've been on plenty of first dates. I know how to act, <laughs> and so. <laughs> You know, but I just noticed that his his kind of demeanor was very like boring, and I don't know if it was like he was just very uninterested or he just maybe thought it was annoying. I wasn't quite sure, but I just felt like. But then he still wanted to hang out and was like, "Oh, let's go to the second bar." So we get into his car and we're driving to the second bar, and then <laughs> maybe this is this is actually yeah, this is where it went wrong. I was just making a joke about how. You know, because before every first date, I, like, Google my dates just to make sure, like, you know, they're not crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I was telling him about it. And then um, I told him how there was somebody with his name that was a sex offender in, I believe, Massachusetts or something like that. But it wasn't him because I, like, matched the photos. But I thought it was, like, funny. <laughs> and so he didn't think that was funny and it was just kind of like. He was like, okay. He's like, um, so I think, like, I think it's time to like go home. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're going to the bar. And he's like, he's like, maybe you could be like Cinderella and just get home at midnight, which is a weird comment to say. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want you to drive me home. Like, just like, you know, just pull out. Like, I, I'll just fucking call him like a lift. Just like drop me off right here. And he was like, he's like, all right, fine. And dropped me off in like the middle of Hollywood. What? And then that was our wow. date. And I had no idea. Like, it was just this weird thing that I've always kind of looked back at. I'm like, I made a joke and maybe it was like 
a weird joke to kind of be like, well, you, you know, someone with the same name is a sex offender, but he just got so like, he just was so over it and so over me that he was like, just dropped me off in the middle of like Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> okay. That is tacky of him. First yeah. Of all. I got to tell you though, you actually broke two of my rules and you don't <gasps> even know. <laughs> what did I do? We don't go to second locations on a okay. first date. And we don't get in a car with the dude that we don't know. So those are two cardinal rules because it You're keeps, right. right, safety. And it also keeps the interaction, like, because usually when we're going to a second location, we've already had plenty to drink. Our inhibitions are down. And then we're having more to drink. And usually, so we want the energy of a date to feel like it's ending in the middle. And okay. that, because we usually will remember the beginning of a date and end of the date. Like if you think of when you met Brian, like what mm. do you, what do you remember most about the moment, like the day you met Brian? Um, how nervous he was, but it was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably remember, he was probably nervous from the beginning. So you probably yeah. remember that like first moment. Like I remember yeah. exactly what my husband was wearing the minute I saw him at my first impressions. And I remember, I remember how we ended the date. I could not tell you, I, I couldn't, I actually couldn't tell you one topic we talked about. Everybody's always asking me, like, what are the best first date conversations? I'm like, it really doesn't matter. It's so much yeah. more about the vibe and about whether you can keep the conversation going with one another. But that's true. Because I definitely so wanted, long, yeah. Yeah. No, you go ahead. No, no. I want to hear what you, come on. <laughs> no, I definitely, I just remember just being like, oh, I, I didn't want to leave. Like with Brian yeah. now, I definitely didn't want to leave. Like we were listening to music and he had to like, it's kind of a situation because you like drove from Fresno to LA and then you had to drive back to the Bay Area. So it was, mm -hmm. we only had like a limited amount of time, but we definitely, you know, had a great time in those, those um, small, that small frame of time. But you're right. Yeah. Kinda and did even leave it, like in the middle. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that energy felt like there was something more to be discovered. But a lot of times when you're staying, you know, three hours on a dinner date and then go into a second location. Not saying that that's what you did on this date, but this is what a lot of folks do. Right. Because we don't want the energy to end. Then the, <gasps> the energy dips. And then what we remember is we kind of ran out of things to talk about. Like, oh, it was good vibes for a while, but then it kind of started to feel awkward because we don't know Mine. that person yet. Right. Oh. <gasps> <gasps> Uh -huh I just reflected moment. back. I just reflected back to like all of my dates that like were way too long, and were like I went home with him. So, what are your thoughts on like going, like sleeping on the first date? Look, you're grown. You can do yeah. whatever you want to do. So I'm not. And look, I'm sex positive. Like I'm not yeah. going to. I'm not. I'm definitely not the dating coach to shame anyone for having sex on the first date. But most people listen to dates and mates because they want a relationship. So the advice that I give is mostly relationship focused. And I, people will always say, well, but my friend, she had sex on the first date with this guy and now they've been married and they have a kid and da, da, da. And that's great for your friend. But I'm going to teach right. the rule and not the exception. And that's the exception. So over my 15 plus years of doing this, usually you'd want to delay having sex because you are still in that slow love getting to know you phase. So the same way that we're built, leaving anticipation, leaving more to be discovered after the first date, we were leaving more to be discovered. Because once you have sex, like 
you can't go backwards. Like you that yeah. magic moment is gone and you can find ways to spice it up, but it kind of becomes the default. So oh, why not so retain right. that magic for as long as you have it? Yeah, I agree yeah. for sure. I mean, cause I've definitely, or like I would, here's the thing that's very common and you probably have heard this too is like the first date's like okay you meet somewhere a restaurant bar or whatever it is and then the second date's at their place <laughs> what are your thoughts on not that in my, not in my program honey uh-uh <laughs> no and here's the thing like if you set yourself up for success so if you know like you've already made a decision I have my clients like pre-decide how much are they going to drink? How, like, how are they going to get home? I have them have an exit strategy before they even get into the date. So it's not weird. Like, oh, I need to get home. And all Mm. of a sudden they're feeling like you just left. And by the same token, if you've decided, I don't want to sleep with this person right away. I'm interested in a relationship. I want to get to know them. I want to build the anticipation. Don't put yourself in the situation where you're going to be forced with having to make a decision again. So if you're already at their place, then you're like, I made this decision. We weren't going to have sex, but now I'm here. And And, you're feeling uh, frisky. You've had a a glass or wine and he's playing some good music. And then your panties are off and you can't control it. (laughs) Once the panties are off, girl, forget it. Right? I know. I Believe me, I have been there. And um, I know how some of those stories end. And there are exceptions. But in general, like you, the in general, and this is talking for, you know, hetero dating, the woman paces the relationship. You pace it. And there are people that are like, oh, well, I won't have sex for whatever. Steve Harvey says like 90 days or something. Oh, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there is a point where guys are like, I'm not going to wait forever. But right. it's not it's not a manipulative thing. It's that you're you're having different kinds of conversations and getting to know each other on a different level and then building that into anticipation so that when it's great, when it's time, it's really great. And then there are people that are like, oh, but what if we sleep together and the sex is not good at that point? And I just think usually at that point, if you've built the bond, a lot of the logistics like sex, you can you can there are things that you can do to improve your sexual experience together if they're willing to work on it. Agreed. But Agreed. you can't improve like their their communication. You can't improve feeling safe with them (laughs) that's right if you don't have that in like the first you know month or two before you have sex like that's not going to magically unfold so that to me is the bigger question the more important question to answer okay so what happens if like let's say you said okay I know we're not supposed to but oops I had sex (laughs) like don't panic (laughs) like you're like wait but I really like them and I already like I had sex on the first date and you start getting into your mind like what what do you do from there to kind of like salvage it or you know don't get weird don't panic okay (laughs) yeah it's okay I'm over here like getting anxious (laughs) (laughs) you're getting anxious like for your listeners (laughs) and for my past self I always I I I always think of like my past like I feel like my listeners are like my younger self so I always feel like they're like my my little sister in a way so it's like I I I 
will feel like the anxiety and like the frustration sometimes when I like I talk about it. I'm like it like rewinds back to like that feeling when I'm like, wait, no, I'm I'm here now. I'm in a happy relationship. Yeah. <laughs> no reason. Okay. To, okay. No reason to stress. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> okay, so don't panic. Everything is figure outable, but you have to also you remember you're pacing the relationship. So a lot of times once that threshold's been crossed, it's just like, oh, okay, well whatever, like let's start the date I guess at his place next time. And you can you have to remember you can always reestablish boundaries that are important to you. Like you might not decide that it's important to not have sex again for another few dates you you set what feels comfortable for you but you also like you've already taken kind of the chase away and the other thing that happens biologically is that when you have sex with someone oxytocin is released that's the bonding hormone so now you're starting to think about them. You're starting to feel infatuated. You're starting to wonder when their texts are coming through and like, why did he wait that long? And then what did that mean? And he said this, but he didn't use an emoji, but last time he did. And then we start to whip ourselves up. So yeah. you have to really like take what is coming at face value. Half of the questions I get on my podcast are like people saying, I don't know what he means. Like, I can't tell what he means. And I'm like, you mean like the fact that he didn't call and he was being inconsistent or that he said to you he just wanted to be friends? Like he said what he meant. <laughs> we just didn't want to hear it because it doesn't yeah. align with what our hopes and dreams and expectations are. But I assure you there were many that got away in my dating experience. <laughs> and what was awaiting me on the other side of those no's was an even bigger yes from somebody that's an even better match for me. So try not to get too caught up in the outcome. Like we're always... Right. Anxiety comes from ruminating about the past or projecting into the future. And exactly. if you can kind of get yourself back to the present, right? It's a lot it's easier a to manage. For always. Sure. Like, so for, you know, for you, what, how do you know, like, so, you know, you help people get a match and to find love. Like, how do you define love in your own way? Like, how do you know that it's, it's real and it's something that is long lasting? Asking for a friend, right? Asking for a friend. <laughs> no. I mean, I know the answer. Like, I feel like, but I feel like coming from an expert, you know, I'm sure people come to you all the time, like, you know, how to, you know yeah, they come to you all the time to how to find love and stuff. So when they finally get to that point, you know, how do they know? When Just you know, for you those know. who haven't found, right. If you know, you know. And honestly, I, I, I know it sounds corny if you know, you know, but you'll, you'll just have to take my word for it <laughs> from having been through it. When we have a lot of, of, insecurity and we're not sure a lot of times that's a sign that we're not hearing we're not really taking in what's really happening but really I, I as I said earlier I believe in slow love I think we're in so much of a rush to get to the ending of our fairy tale love story 
mm-hmm. that we're missing the juicy middle. And that's when everything is being revealed to you. And that's when you're really having fun, like revealing yourself and being vulnerable and open with someone. So there's no timeline on which it happens. Like for me, my we were pretty young. My My husband and I dated for almost four years before we got married. I have other clients who... I have many clients who like came to me focused. Like I got to I got to get a, I got to pop a baby out before 39. Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> I've got, I just got divorced and I'm not trying to be on this dating scene long or what, you know, whatever it was, or just like, I've decided this is how I, this is what I want in my life. And once they have that clarity and once they go through some of this mindset stuff that I do in my program, you know when you're sitting across from that person and that feeling that you want to feel is reflected back to you. And if you've taken the time to set the that that plan in place and then to let the relationship unfold. Like I, I have a client that just they they just had their daughter just turned two and she she'd been divorced after she had like a six month marriage. She was so discouraged. She'd been online. She'd been offline. She wanted to have kids. She was with this guy that was like, I think I could have kids with you. And uh, I was like, that's not a, it's not a, I think kind I of think, situation. Yeah. I have right. two of them. It's, 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 you're either in or you're out. Okay. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and like we started for the new year. She wanted to start fresh. We redid her profile. Sometimes it's, it's just a matter of like changing a few things in your dating profile. We Mm -hmm. did a profile refresh. She met a guy by March. So we started in January. She met a guy by March. They moved in together by July, by September, they were engaged. And by the next March, they were married. (gasps) And two years later, they had a baby. So it can literally happen that fast. And there was no question in her mind. It's funny because when she had gotten married, she she told me that like as soon as she got married she was like i made a mistake like she knew in her heart that that wasn't the right marriage for her but she continued on that path because of what everybody else's expectations mm-hmm. were because mm-hmm. she was like oh i'm 30 whatever and so i should be married by now and he's right on paper and her heart was not telling her that was telling her that was not the right choice so look, she followed she followed what her gut was telling her and now she's in a beautiful relationship. And I best. love that. Yeah. That is so sweet. Yeah. And they like, did not I, have sex on the first date. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe the second backs- though. <laughs> you, you know, it's like you could do it early, but maybe not on the first date, you know. It's you can do good. whatever you want to do. Yeah. You a grown you a grown woman. <laughs> exactly. But just know what the consequences are. If that, you know, if you do decide that, I guess. Well, I mean, since you brought up consequences, <laughs> we also, I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm really curious, Stephanie, to see how the changes in the, uh, uh, the laws are really going to affect dating because the consequences, hate to tell you, in a lot of states are pretty high now. Exactly. It's not just a, like an oopsie daisy consequence. It's something that it's like affects a lot of people's lives so sincerely so yeah. what I tell my clients is until you can have a have an adult conversation like you feel comfortable enough to have an adult conversation about the consequences of sex and STIs and and babies and whatever else that mm-hmm. me- may mean mm-hmm. then you're maybe not ready to have sex with that person that's very true 
Because my actually my last relationship before my boyfriend now was in a, a year long relationship and we actually never had sex. Because um, half of the time he was in L.A. and half of the time he moved to Alabama. So but I just knew like I, I was in love with him, but I knew in my heart because I already went through like my whole <laughs> dating experience. I just knew how attached I would get if I had sex with them. Um, mm-hmm. And and because I knew in my heart like, OK, I love this man, but I don't understand like why I don't I understand why I don't see a future, but it's like I it's like why am I with someone that I don't see a future with but I love so much you know and so like kind of holding off on sex was something that like I needed to do because I knew that like if I had sex with him it would just make it harder to leave because I knew it was gonna end so um how did you react to that like (laughs) um (laughs) he you know he respected it actually like he was kind of an asshole but I think in that aspect like he respected that because I think he also knew too that he wasn't going to be there long term Mm. um so it was and also like he's one of those like you know he's one of those guys like if I got pregnant he's like he 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 said because I told him I was like I would abort it you know uh, trigger warning sorry guys um and then he was like oh if you abort my kid like I I would leave you like I'd never want any of my kids to be like aborted so obviously we had different values on that so I think that was like my biggest also a next thing too because I was like he is someone who's just gonna slip up and just come right inside of me and I will be pregnant and have to move to Alabama and I was like thinking all these things I was like no and so but yeah so yeah that that I think um that was a sign for me that like I kind of matured because after him, that's when I met my boyfriend now that I see myself spending the rest of my life with. But it was it was a, it was a whole thing. <laughs> Values are really important. And that's like a perfect example of figuring out that you're not aligned on values because people get confused. They get confused about the list. People come to me mm-hmm. with a list a mile long and I'm like, none of these things tell me anything about who this person is, but finding out truly what they believe and what their values are and whether or not they're aligned. And then I I love how you played it forward. Like what is the, what does this look like? If this happens, what does my life look like? If that happens, what does my life look like? And if you play it forward and you're like, I don't want like, that I don't want to move to Alabama. I don't want I don't want to move to Alabama. No shade to Alabama, but I was like, no. No, yeah. if that's not the life you want, it's just not what you wanted. If that's not the life that you want, like that is the answer. We just have to be better at like hearing the answer inside internally and acting on it but you know it's yeah. it's hard like you said it's hard when your emotions and your expectations are overlaid on the situation too right right when you're like so in love but you're like this it this man ain't shit why am i here <laughs> you know but sorry no shade I that do. was that was shady but um <laughs> well, that's what we're here for <laughs> exactly that's why we do this <laughs> Well, I love this conversation and I feel like you've really just gave so much knowledge to just in dating in general and relationships. Like I always said, like love was never like a feeling that was supposed to be like this fireworks and amazing. Like, yeah, like that's that's there that happens. But like it's really just about like the feeling of safety and like the you just know when you know and there's really no thing to like kind of explain it you know and it's just and you could see a future with them and it's not just you know 
for the night, you know? So Yeah. Slow love is definitely the answer. And I I do really feel like the pandemic was clarifying for a lot of people and how we mm-hmm. really want to live our life and what life we're building. And as I said at the beginning of this conversation, who you choose to spend your life with is it affects everything else. It affects your finances, your mental health, your your family. It affects every other decision that you might make. So why not why not make that choice mindfully? And I'm really seeing also from the OKCupid okay data that people are coming out of this pandemic with more clarity, like people are dating against type, like 95% of daters said they're open to dating someone who isn't their usual type. I'm so over the type. I'm so glad about this. People are talking about mental health Mm. and uh, people are saying like they want to date someone who is in therapy. This is fantastic. Traditional gender roles are out. Like since the beginning of my dating coaching experience, I'm like, let's let's get over these gender Gender roles. roles. Yeah, 100%. we're dating based on like old fashioned rules and we're doing everything in our else, our lives modern. But then we're like, Oh, he's got to like be the breadwinner and open the door and whatever. But also I want to be a boss bitch, but also it's like, let's be open to writing the rules of our own love story and the life that we want. I was like, I love writing the rules. This just sounds so romantic. Like, yes. (laughs) From cynic to optimist in love. Yes. I love that. Well, where can everyone find you? And if they want to work with you, like where can they, you know, stalk you and lurk you? (laughs) Please stalk me. Please send me your questions. I'm uh, at Demona Hoffman on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, working on TikTok, girl, working on it. (laughs) But I am there. I am there. (laughs) And uh, Dates and Mates. Dates and Mates is my podcast. We are launching season 10 this fall season woo and congrats ten. I know I know, I know you've been in the game for a minute seasons meaning years years yeah. of my life Ooh, um, my but it is really <laughs> there you go. I was like wait it's, was I too loud <laughs> just like, no 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 <laughs> But it's um it's a labor of love, no pun intended. So um that is really where I do um my favorite work and then where people can find out about the programs that I offer. I do have like a little profile starter kit that is on my website. It's free right now. Amazing. Um, yeah. at com or demonahoffman.com. So if you're like, what do I put in my profile? <laughs> I got you. Thank you so much for having me. It's so fun to talk with you. It was so much fun. And you guys follow me, Stephanie Megan, or go to brokewiththerapy.com. All that shit is there. Thank you, Demona, for shining light on love and bringing it, making it just sound so much fun and not like dreading. So thank you. Thank you. Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Girl Therapy. You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy, but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled, or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. 
particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.